AT&T presents Boston Bruins podcast at WEEI.com. Time for tonight's pot of beans. DJ Bean on the line. I'm Ken Laird. Bruins go down to Nashville. Another playoff opponent in the West that they fall to tonight. Two to nothing, DJ. And, uh, you know, the stats don't look so bad. The, the final score doesn't look so bad. But this was a this was a thorough ass-kicking, wasn't it? Two nothing, but it felt like Nashville was in control from the start. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't even call it ass-kicking as much as I would call it a, just a no-show on the part of the Bruins, and that's such a, it's, that can be overused in losses, but really at no point were the Bruins taking it to the opponent, and usually there are ebbs and flows, and it kind of goes back and forth, and kind of, kind of what you were saying, it was kind of all Nashville all the time, despite Nashville really, I mean, they weren't jumping off the page at, at me as uh, playing a thoroughly dominant game, yet they were able to dominate uh, to dominate against a uh, a pretty dormant opponent. It started uh, poorly. I, you know, Zach Trotman was on the ice, and I thought more responsible than Zanino Chara for the first two goals, but the fact that Chara was out there again is going to get some notice. You, you, you've been marking down how many he's been out there for of late. It's been a little troubling, eh? Yeah, that's been, uh, I mean, really all of them of late. Uh, now you consider how do they come, um, are they an even strength play, are they in penalty kill? I don't. I try to not look at the player X has been on the ice for however many goals against of late recently because it's like looking at plus minus. It doesn't take into consideration how did the team enter the zone? Right. Did that player do anything that that caused that goal? But Char has been on the ice for going back to um, the Detroit game. Their last eight goals scored, and the other goal that the Bruins have allowed. Or I'm sorry, the eight goals against. The other goal that the Bruins have allowed came when Chara hooked a player that gave them a penalty shot, and that led to a goal. So while these aren't all Chara's fault, it's it's noteworthy to say, geez, that the Bruins' best defenseman and really only good defenseman has been on the ice for all these goals against, and it just underscores the fact that they need, they need help on defense. Chara certainly can't do it by himself. I don't know really if he could ever do it completely by himself, but the fact that when he's out there, these goals are getting scored tells you that you know the, the days of, of him saying, get on my back, guys, are over. Yeah, exactly. You know, and he's, he's playing with Zach Trotman, who on one hand, if you're a rebuilding team, you can understand them trying to develop him, but three minutes into the game, Bergeron wins a face-off, he fumbles it behind the net, and then he gets out-muscled in front for the rebound. That's not Chara's fault. And the goal with five minutes to go in the first period, really the three forwards kind of bailed uh, before the puck got out of the zone. Uh, you know, so it's, it's, it's not, I don't think tonight was a Chara issue, but boy, you're right. When you start to add it up, it just, it looks like, wow. And, and the bigger picture is, even with McQuaid back, uh, you know, they, they're just hurting on the blue line, aren't they? Yeah, you wonder if, uh, if they'll just, it's not really loading up because the guy's a third pairing defenseman, but if they say, all right, for at least a stretch here now, we're going to go with Chara McQuaid, which we saw for a while before McQuaid went down. And that was actually a good pairing. Um, one issue that it might present is that uh, that means uh, that, that Chara is the more mobile defenseman on his pairing because that's what it was like when those two were paired together. And given the kind of dip that his season has taken, who knows if he's even capable of doing that right now. Yeah. Now, that's the defensive side of it. Obviously, uh, your blue liners can help spurn offense. There wasn't much of that tonight. A couple of chances, one from Krug and a rebound, a couple from Pasternak, but but very little of offensive punch. And, you know, maybe 
quite frankly, you cursed him with the Brad Marchand Pecorine tweet Holy pregame. Fuck. Dude, uh, so I hate to give Bruins fans credit for anything, but, you know, we, we make our little wisecracks during the games and we, we take our little jabs and whatever. People shrug them off. I mean, one time one time I said something about Krug that Marsh had actually responded to on Twitter and, and he went at me a little bit that this was a thousand years ago. But, but normally, you know, you, you make your little jabs and people laugh at it or they forget it or whatever. They, they, they kind of take it with a grain of salt. Uh, Predators fans, oh man, <laughs> I didn't think I was saying anything too crazy when I suggested, you know, I, I said, uh, Rene's in that so Martian can get back to his scoring pace, basically pointing out that Pecorine has been terrible this season and, uh, had a, an 844 save percentage in his last 15 games, which, I mean, that, that's just kind of basic discovery. I don't think I was making anything up there. But man, even still now, checking my mentions, they're going crazy on me. So I, uh, for one of them, I did my favorite Twitter IQ test, which uh, if someone's harassing you, you just say to them, well, then why do you follow me, follow me on Twitter, even if they don't? And then they say, well, I don't. And then you just keep saying, yeah, no, you do. I'm seeing it. It says follow <laughs> you. And I got one person. I went back and forth with them like 15 times and... It's it's amazing. So that's my that's my immature fun for the night. That's fun. Uh, speaking of terrible, back to that side of it. <laughs> the uh, the Bruins power play one for thirty six in the last ten games. What is yeah. going on? And and as uh, the guys at the Bruins stats on Twitter pointed out, you know why not Martian? Why not you, the guy who is the hottest player on, on the planet right now? Yeah, I mean, Martian's never been a, a particularly good uh, player on the on the power play just because I think. They don't really know where to use him. They've, they've tried him in different spots on the power play, and he's never really performed particularly well there. I think they've been a little too impatient with yanking him off, uh, off the, the higher units at points. I mean, he obviously hasn't been on the top unit at all this season. So, um, yeah, maybe mixing him in more uh, gives you that opportunity. I think they uh, spooner on a rebound uh, during a second-period power play uh, should have scored. Rene actually made a really nice stick save, which that was one of the, the couple moments. I mean, you mentioned that they that uh, they didn't really make his night too tough, but no. that was one of the couple moments where I was like, ah, okay, I, I see you, Pecorine. <laughs> I'm just having a pretty good game. So, uh, yeah, uh, maybe it's as simple as giving Marchand some, some more looks on, uh, on that top unit, but I mean, I don't know, do you want to pull Patrice Berger on or, or Ryan Spooner off no. one of those units that are off that, that unit right now, I, I would. I, I think Spooner is all season long has been sensational on the half wall, and, and Bergeron's been great as a bumper. You're certainly not going to play uh, Marchand as the net front guy. So, I mean, uh, would you, you put him on one of the points? Maybe, I guess. Um, yeah, it's something worth exploring. I mean, right? You, you, it's not like it could be much worse. Yeah, I think Spooner would be the guy to go in terms of you know his spot on the ice. But <clears throat> you're right; he's been pretty good from that half wall. Yeah, I would just be hesitant to take him away from 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 that, especially when you know not to to go too overboard with the, oh you're developing these young guys. But I mean, what does it say to, to Ryan Spooner when he's I mean he's not the problem with the power play right now if you, you, you yank him off there. Yeah. Well, looking at the schedule, like they. Uh, 
in a way, they get away with it tonight because Detroit loses at Pittsburgh, so they stay in second in the Atlantic, but Tampa wins, so it's getting a little tighter. And they've been so bad against Western playoff teams. They've got 24 games left, 16 against playoff teams. Seven of those are Western playoff teams. So the schedule was not easy for them the rest of the way. 1-8-0 against Western Conference playoff teams. And I mean, we've joked about it before. The good thing is they've only got seven more uh, total games against Western Conference playoff teams for the season and playoffs combined because we know they will not be seeing any Western Conference playoff teams once the regular season ends. But, yeah, I mean, they're going to have to go. I saw, I think it was Bruins staff that tweeted out uh, prop, like the, the percentages of making the playoffs depending on how they would finish down the stretch here. And, I mean, they can't really limp here. They've, they've got to they've gotta finish above 500. They've got to they've gotta close up some of these games. The good thing is, They've got a lot of these games against Eastern Conference playoff teams, and that hasn't been a problem at all for them this season. Uh, I, I know they, they suffered their fifth loss total in 15 games against uh, Eastern Conference playoff teams Saturday against the Red Wings, or uh, Sunday against the Red Wings. But, I mean, again, was that a particularly impressive showing from the Red Wings? I think not. I, I don't fear Eastern Conference playoff teams. I fear Western Conference playoff teams, and as I said before, they're, they're not going to play those guys in the playoffs. So as long as they can take care of these Eastern Conference guys and get to the postseason, you know, you, you roll the dice and maybe you win a, a round or two. Exactly. I think they have three with Carolina, so they got a, you know, they've got a couple of nice ones. Columbus mm-hmm. again next Monday. Those are the, the must-wins here on the schedule. All right, back at it Saturday with the, another Tyler Sagan moment. Uh, yeah. o- over under three and a half goals for Sagan Saturday. Uh, he's going to score 11 goals on Saturday, unfortunately. <laughs> so they're going tweet to, that. Tweet that before the game, would you? Well, shoot. If Bruins fans are anything like... Uh, so that's the thing. So I tweet something like that, and Bruins fans are like, ha-ha, yeah. Which I don't think Bruins fans are overall that smart on Twitter. I mean, some of them are geniuses. Some of them are crazy. But if I tweet something like that, they'll laugh it off. Man, Predators fans, though, I've learned my lesson they're a, they're a rabid bunch. Don't attack Pecorino, the sacred cow in Nash Vegas. Good well, stuff. That's, that's what's crazy. That the Bruins fans, they want to trade to Rask, who's having <laughs> got a, a significantly better season than Pecorino. And the Predators fans are, are clinging on to this, this 30-something bully who's, who's not what he once was for dear life. Good for them, I guess. Talk to you Saturday. All right, later. DJ Bean, find him at WEI.com. We're brought to you by AT&T, Bruins Postgame Podcasts.